0: log
1: tis the podcast log yes log of the Star Wars collectors archive blog oh. yes log. whenever the Star Wars collectors archive publishes a new blog log. this podcast will log, log its contents interview its writers and go log. deeper deeper it's the Kivecast Blog log pod. You, sir, are a mouthful.
2: Relax and just take life
1: easy for a little while. Cause it's only lasts for a little while. You are not going to hear the W word on this podcast. This is not normal. This is the Blog Log Pod. And you'll hear Digby in the back. We don't care. We're not going to re-record it. This is a quick shot. This is a quick hit. This is dropping fire in a bottle. No, I'm not even going to finish that metaphor. We're going to keep going. We're going to be lean and mean. <laughs> I'm here with Stephen All B. Right. Danley. Steve, my name is Sky Payne, and I'm one of the co-hosts yes, it is. of the Star Wars Collectors Archive podcast, which are usually in between two and three hours, involves several guests, go on and on interminably. We are a part of the Star Wars Collectors Archive, <laughs> and we consistently had amazing yes. content on the Star Wars Collectors Archive that was then being publicized and used to help other podcasts. This got Steve and I so annoyed that we decided to start a whole other podcast. Co- cost? I'm not even going to correct that, Steve. We are going so quickly. What's it called, Steve? <laughs> the Kivecast bloglog Pod. That's right. I, mean, I ca- said that right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> The CavCast blog pod blog. So... (laughs) Over the last couple of months, uh, over the last year really, uh, Tommy did this amazing write-up about the, the stages of a figure production and yeah. he ended up being on the Vintage Rebellion and so we didn't want him on because we don't want to have all the same stuff every month. Um, and then Yehuda, of course, we're still looking for a new Yehuda. Yehuda went on there to talk about <laughs> the uh, about the Yuppies and then Ron Salvatore scheduled for an interview with the Vintage Rebellion about an unrelated item later But we don't want them to scoop us on this, which is a post I've been waiting to talk about for years because Ron has whispered this to me in secret over the years. See, you're ahead of of me there. Yeah, and said someday I'm going to unveil this and the world will barely mention it. So (laughs) that's what's happened as always. One of the functions of the Star Wars Collector's Archive podcast in either its normal form or its blog log is to feature and really function on the Star Wars Collector's Archive because there's so much good stuff that's being done there. And if you're not reading the blog, you are not a Star Wars Vintage Collector. You're just not. So we're helping to bring people to that space. Right, Steve? Yes, absolutely. I'm being so good, Steve. I'm not even going to go into a 15-minute dissertation about my new theme song. But I can tell you one thing, Steve. My new theme song is so complex. The form so magically reflects the function. It is as though I am the Johann Sebastian Bach of bullcrap samples and weird references. I'm going to say it did pretty much blow my mind. <laughs> you, you don't even – you know what I'm going to do, Steve? After they say goodbye, I'll explain it to you, everything that I did. And if you really want to hear it. But right now, Steve, let's talk to Chris Gullius and Ron Salvatore. Ron Salvatore, because he wrote this article. And Chris Gullius, because apparently he was comically upset at how little response this got. <laughs> People, <laughs> you, you need to respond to this. We need to care about this stuff. We're talking about not just unproduced Ewoks. We're talking about unknown Ewoks. Star Wars toys. Unknown. That, yeah. Star Wars toys that were literally... Never known to have existed. It wasn't that people didn't know where they were. They didn't know they existed. We have discovered a tenth planet, people, and its name is Kank. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna get Ron. You, you on... can slow down, Sky. You, you, I've never heard you speak this fast ever. I'm speaking eloquently, though, right?
0: Yes. No. No. I mean. It's 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 remarkable. Um, sorry, didn't mean to, to hit the brakes there. But no, it's fine. I'll go back right to, to, to my normal
1: it. talking. Um, you see, Steve. Now I'm gonna talk boring. All right, fine. So should we call him Steve? <laughs> yeah, let's get from there. All right, cool. So let's get uh, Ron and Chris, Chris Gullius to talk about unknown, unproduced Ewoks from the Bloglog Pod. We are lobbing blog bombs. <laughs> Okay, Steve, we – I've just explained before recording to Chris and to Ron that this is going to be a little mini episode. What's it called, Steve?
0: Oh, geez. You're going to really make (laughs) me do this again. You know how much this tortures me.
1: (laughs) The Kivecast blog log. Pod. Yes, the catcast Bloglog Pod, and uh, <laughs> this is going to be little small episodes, you know, designed to, to highlight the to highlight the archive. And so we, yeah, we brought yeah. Ron on because he wrote the article, and we brought Chris on because he's the other sort of uh, expert who always answers our phone calls about uh, about pre production stuff. All right. Kenner produced a certain number of Ewok toys in the normal production quantity. They then were going to continue the line, and they made pre-production items up through the first shot stage, right? So they have hard copies in first shots. Is that correct, Chris?
2: That's correct.
1: That's correct. They made
2: six six figures in their first series, and they were going to do another six in their second series.
1: Okay. And so the second – okay, let's see how many of these I get, Steve. Are you ready? (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited for this. Okay, I'm just going with Ewoks here. Unproduced. I'm just going you Ewoks, so I'm going to say Gaff. <laughs> um, All right, next. Duloc. Um, sort of. Shit, <laughs> um, of shitter. <laughs> um, <laughs> shitter's one of them, isn't he?
0: Oh, I remember <laughs> the from under the... Shitter On- one of them, yeah.
1: Shitter and Bondo. I remember those two. Um, Morag.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, Weechi?
0: Yeah. You, you got a few. You're, 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 you can keep going. You, no, you got that, a few that, more. That's anyway. all I got. That's okay. It. Uh, so how many
1: did I get right, Steve? Not
0: not many. More okay
1: <laughs> half? <laughs> more than half. Okay. So I am now looking at the article here. They are Shitter, Chief Chirpa. Oh, okay. So he was produced as a Kenner toy, but unproduced <laughs> as an Ewok. Bondo, Paplu, Morag, and Weechi. Yeah. Okay. So how many? How many of like? How hard is it to put together a full set of these unproduced Ewoks, Chris?
2: Well, I think there's only one full. Well, uh, people, people. A lot of times, people group the unproduced droids and unproduced Ewoks as part of a whole
1: set. Um, but if we're just saying because so, unproduced uh, droids stick, are cool, if you're just but putting the six yeah. together.
2: I don't know how many sets are around. I would say there may be like. I don't know, five complete sets, but I think when you get to weapons it's harder. I think the Morag staff the Morag weapons are hard. You had a staff and a she had a staff in a pot. And then the Chatur whip is hard. I think the Chief Chirpa um, um, bag is a harder one. And then if you're willing to mix the types of figures. Like some people have, you know, painted hard copies and some have First shots, some are unpainted first shots, so sometimes you take what you can get on those. Right. And but I, I mean, overall, yeah. they're still quite rare. I mean, there may be those that many full sets, you know, maybe five full sets of six, but there's so many like dispersed in, other, in, in collections where people have, you know, one, two, three, four of them or so.
1: Right. And so this. I don't know how many total. So these are basically. For Star Wars collectors, like at a certain level, right? So there's a sort of first level where like, I just like the toys or I just want all the loose figures. But when you reach a certain point, when you really like the really rare stuff, unproduced droids and unproduced Ewoks, which we call Oods, right? Well, wait, did. You call Oods. Wait, <laughs> that wasn't me. Did I come up with Oods?
3: No. Andrew we came Boston up with our, that. Or Help, yeah, Andrew or it? Chris or
0: something like that.
1: I I know they were called UDEs, but am I the one who called them Oods?
0: In terms of pronunciation? Yeah, yeah.
1: You'd, you'd be the only I, one that, that, yeah. that, that, that turned think, it into a word.
0: I okay. think so, yeah.
2: Good. <laughs> I'm, Before I'm, mox and alpha. Right. right. So, See,
0: that's you're, – you're just yeah, adding to the problems. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's nothing wrong with calling them mox. No, no, it's not. <laughs> um, so, uh, okay. So there's all these oods but we're not really talking about oods We're talking about ooies, which are unproduced Ewoks, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. these represent one of the hardest runs to put together. We'll go into this later when we actually get into the Ewoks. You know, in a couple like eight, of, eight years from yeah, now. in a couple <laughs> of years because I, I think it's one of the the weirdest markets in in collecting. But the thing that Ron told me about was that beyond these six insanely hard to find Ewoks, Shitter, Chief Chirpa, Bondo, Paplu, Morag, and Weechi, there are other Ewoks. And how long have you known about this, Ron?
3: Um, geez, probably 12 years or something like that. We probably, they all turned up from a single sculptor and it was probably 10 to 12 years ago at this point. So a while. Wow. So Uh, so I mean, it hasn't been like a big secret. It just wasn't really something that was published on the internet or anything like that. So it's people didn't really know about it unless you went to the people's houses to see them.
1: Right. So let's, let's, I do want to get to the story about how you found them. We'll go through the, we'll actually go through the, uh, go through the article. I was going to read the entire thing, but apparently that'd be too embarrassing for Ron. So I will say this go to the blog and read it because Ron makes several funny jokes. He has many funny links. Like he has a link of Lou Ferrigno fighting a bear as Hercules, which I don't know how he found it. (laughs) But if you've never seen Lou Ferrigno as Hercules fighting a bear, it's, it's you something are you need out. to see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, so what we have is the first character, and he chooses who Steve. Tebow. Tebow. Now, in the last episode of the podcast, we talked about a bag of I mean, a box of 147 Tebows that the Lemquist right. found. Right. But this is very, a very, very different thing. Now, one of the main things about the Ewoks from the animated series is they look a lot different than the ones from the, the, the movie. Uh, yeah, how how would you true. describe the difference between Tebow, the, the unproduced sculpt versus Tebow, the Kenner figure on? How would you describe those differences?
3: Um, well, the the Kenner sculpt I described him as a Keebler elf in the in the uh, blog post because he kind of looks like he has that kind of look about him. He's kind of cute with a little hat and a feather on it. Whereas the Tebow in the the movie line is kind of a warrior looking guy who's got a you know a dead pig on his head and has an axe and, and all that stuff. So he looks quite tough on the in the movie line,
0: but he does not look tough at all in the Ewok well, line. It's because he was a, a poet, right?
3: <laughs> yeah, apparently <laughs> I I, I can't. I confess that I've ever watched more than an episode of the Ewoks TV show, but apparently in the show, he's a poet and a
0: lover as well. That's, that's true. We'll, we'll get into that, I guess, with
1: the next figure. <laughs> okay, so so yeah, this is definitely a huge difference. I, I do wonder, do any of you have any idea why they would decide that he was a savage warrior in one and then just super gentle in the next? Like, why didn't they just pick a different name? It's, it's really weird. I don't know.
3: Yeah, my guess is that they just needed a character that was that type of character for the show, and they had that name, and they were just like, oh, I'll make that Tebow. Um, it is kind of weird. You think they would have picked a character they didn't make a figure of, because everybody has an image of Tebow in their minds from the figure line, and he was gray and everything, and in the show he was brown. So, right. I mean, I don't know, I just think it's an instance of them re- clearly not the same character but i mean it's not like you see tebow in the movie do anything that you'd remember anyway so you right.
0: <laughs> know
1: who knows yeah and then and then chief chirpa is like this cool looking chief in the movie and then the figure i think he's actually based on wilford brimley because he's got that really long crazy beard okay uh, you know what steve this is not for blog log pod this is for no, normal show no. this is later Scott. <laughs> yes um so another thing that goes along with this are these sort of model sheets. Uh, Chris, would you like to explain what these model sheets are, where they came from?
2: Yeah, that's completely unrelated. I mean, those model sheets, there was just a guy on eBay that was selling, um, animation cells Uh and, and he had tons and tons of model cells. You know, they would like draw up like, uh, Nirvana would draw it up. And, um, they would send them to their overseas. Like they had, um, I think it was in Korea, the people doing the actual animation for the shows that, that paint all the cells. Right. But so they they would draw the model cells up, and it would just show like here's the colors. They would they would describe the, like the Pantone colors for each character, you know, and 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 different features and. Um, not just characters, they would they would do model cells for anything like a ship or a spoon, or I mean there were tons and tons of these things, right. and they just had so happened to have those for the characters and you had a lot of the ones from the the produced characters, the six produced characters, but you know other things from the t v show as well things that never were turned into toys, um, but just so happened to have those model cells and save the images and some of those we I bought a couple of those myself. Um, just to have as as a sort of a, a companion piece. But they weren't used by Kenner or specifically like that. But, but they, it, the artwork did make it into the um, – the reference material that was sent to kenner so I answered there, it is related but those didn't come from the kenner sources
1: yeah they're really nice looking i mean in case people don't know nelvana is the name of the canadian animation company centered out of toronto that made the ewoks and kenner cartoon so just in case people don't know that um so that's what we have i guess if you look at the sculpt and then you look at the character sheet, you can sort of imagine what the character would look like. And, Steve, i got to admit, I, I have – there's something about this next one, Steve, that I like a lot. Oh, no. Oh, don't, no. don't you? I mean, I'm not wrong, am, <laughs> I? am I? Is it just me who's feeling this? Who's the next one, Steve? Are you attracted to the Ewok? I mean, well. I'm, I wouldn't say I'm not. You know, Does that qualify as
0: bestiality or do you think it would be something else?
1: You no. Know. I don't know if we want to know what I don't think we need to... <laughs> I can neither confirm a, nor deny, but anyways, next up is LaTara. Right. Um, Tebow's squeeze, right?
3: Apparently, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, from Wikipedia, which is my source for all this stuff, um, <laughs> yeah, apparently Tebow is uh, keen for her affections.
1: Yeah, he's writing her poetry, and she's got these kind of like purple eyes, and... You know.
3: I like how Wikipedia said they had a rocky courtship <laughs> eventually getting together later in their adolescence. It's like, I mean, what?
0: Really? Was that like a, a rocky courtship actually portrayed in the cartoon? Like, I, I remember I'm wondering.
1: I Get the hell out of here, Tebow.
0: No. They kept throwing like bones at each other and stuff. <laughs> uh, I, no
1: I thought you loved me. I did love you, but I was a different person back then. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> okay. So... <laughs> All right, so Latara, uh, very, I don't know, a lot less goofy-looking, a lot less stupid-looking uh, of a figure. Uh, and what, what do you find interesting about this one, Ron? It looks
3: more finished than the Tebow, so that's interesting. Uh, the details are more solid. It's hard to say whether that's because it was worked on more or possibly the sculptor who worked on it just you know, decided to make it more detailed. Because, I mean, different people may have been responsible for these, so it's hard to know – Exactly, their their methods of working on them. Um, the other thing is that it's missing some details that are evident on the cell. So it's kind of in, in the blog post, I speculated that the Kenner one may have been based on an earlier mm. Nelvana design. Like, uh, there's no braid. There's a big braid on the the final character, and there's a big lick of hair on her as well that are not on the figure. Um, but uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if you found an early version of Atara that didn't
2: have those details.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a lot more detailed than the T. I I mean, the T-Bow looks kind of rushed, kind of unfinished. Now, what yeah. what uh, what materials are these made out of, Chris?
2: They're all wax. Okay. They're so the actual sculpts and that's as far as those got. So that's, you know, a 3D form and that's and then they, they abandoned those characters. How
1: how certain are you that this is as far as they went?
2: Well, no pieces have ever turned up. And I'm pretty sure that you can't even. There's no. There's not even any um parting lines where they had pulled a mold from those figures. So you'd have to pull a mold from those, a silicone mold, to go to the next stage to make hard copies. And it does not look like they pu- they pulled molds from those at all. And those are the only pieces that have ever turned up. So also those in the case those to the kink.
3: Yeah, you know,
1: we're, we're not ready for kink yet. We gotta save well, kink for. <laughs>
3: But it ties into this, and we'll talk about it later, but the fact that there's a, a sculpting buck that does not have anything added to it would suggest right. that, you know, that was – they got as far as the bucks at least on at least one of those figures, and then that was that. So, I mean, that pretty much tells you what happened. Okay. It well, indicates – seem to indicate.
1: Well, I think we're going to tease that. We'll talk about the kink buck later. So the, the the actual figures that were produced came out in 85, and then in 86, they were going to release these other uh, these other six figures that we have hard copies and first shots of. Are all of these sculpts from the same time as the unproduced figures, or are they after? What do you think?
3: Yeah, I think that it, it's more likely that they're from early in the line and that they just got cut out of the first series.
0: Um, they're kind of like primary characters of the show, right?
3: Yeah, and a lot of, there's a lot of unproduced figures like uh, say the the, the Dagaba micro collection stuff is from early in the line, not later in the line. It's not from right. the '83 sets. They're from the, they were considered for the initial wave and then they were cut. And, and there's other stuff like that too. And it just it seems more likely that they would have been early, and then for whatever reason they decided not to release them, and they went with more locks or something like that. Also, Kank was not in the second series of the show in the second season so pretty unlikely that kenner would have done a figure for a character that was not in the second series in right. the second season i should say so you know it doesn't make sense that they would have made or thought about making a kank for the the first season because that character is in an important episode with the ewok battle wagon doesn't make much sense that they would have done it for the second season so i think we always pretty much assume that they were early and cut out at that point
1: Wow. Well, that's such good information, Steve, that I'm going to forgive the fact that he's once again trying to bring up kank too early. <laughs> I'm getting really anxious well, about the kank man. management. It's a That's right. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, but no, I, I find that really – I actually didn't know that a lot of the unproduced stuff came early in the line. And I think people listening to this show, that's well, – Oh, no,
2: no. You're, you're, you're sort of like mixing things back and forth interchangeably. Like, so there were six <laughs> figures that came out at 85. And in yes. eighty six they were gonna do another series of six, and those would be unproduced ones. Right. And the ones we're talking about before, we're talking about here predate the eighty five set. Okay. So right. So not pre pre right. unproduced almost. That's abandoned.
0: Yeah, abandoned that. right. Abandoned right.
2: idea. Right.
3: Yeah. It is true that there's a lot a lot of the unproduced stuff, people have a tendency to think, oh, this is something that was gonna be made later, but it's not true. Like Gargan was an earlier Jedi figure, it's not a later like huh. post power of the force thing. Sheldon. Luke Luke in robes is not a post power of the force thing. It ended up being an early Jedi, you know, right. figure that was changed. So, it, a lot of the stuff that people talk about or originally thought was like a a later thing ended up being something that was just a developmental relic from earlier in the line that just never got made. A lot of stuff is like that.
1: We get to my personal favorite. and Actually, this totally makes sense. That's early in the line. And it's yeah. always befuddled me that there's so little Nisa stuff.
3: So, like Steve said, they're major characters, so you would have guessed that they might have considered releasing them. And you can sort of see why they would have cut them out. You know, they're both... I hate to say it, but two of them are... Fe- well, three of them are female characters, um, which, you know, they tend to have a, a poor record. And the- there's that many female characters in the original Star Wars line. So you right. can see the... Them getting cut out, uh, Tebow's kind of, you know, lame. You know, Wicket's much cooler. It, it remains a mystery to me why can't I release three similar-looking Dulocks in the same yeah, series? That, but that's you know.
0: always been. Weird to me, but
3: maybe um, maybe they did like testing with kids and the kids liked the Doolocks somehow, or I don't know. But that's always been odd to me that there was three Doolocks in there.
1: But yeah, I I can't believe they never <clears throat> released Nisa because I don't know much well, about yeah. the Ewoks, but I know Nisa and Wicked. That's the whole storyline of the of the show. It'd be like right. and the yeah. the plush figures too, right? I mean, they had a
0: you know, it's not like they, she wasn't represented in other products, right? I mean, ice capades.
1: You know, you
3: know, well, plush is like I think. <laughs> a line that they probably figured girls would buy. My guess is the figures that Kenner was kind of thinking this is a boy's line and it it wouldn't surprise me if that was part of why they didn't do the Latara and Nisa,
1: Mm -hmm. but who knows? So, yeah, so, Mm -hmm. so Nisa, and again, you need to go to the blog post, blog.swca.com and read Ron's great writing because there's lots of funny stuff and I'm not going to embarrass him by saying any of the funny (sighs) jokes that he makes about the nature of, of, uh, Uh, Nisa who is apparently Sherpa's daughter Um, but yeah this is another one that's pretty close to production I don't know how
2: much more time it would have taken to to make that Tebow look a little bit cleaner but probably wouldn't have taken that much longer so I think they just all sort of like abandoned at the same time and they all that's as far as they got these are all hmm. not
3: that close to production but they're all a similar stage you know they're like preliminary sculpts you know that if they had done them more, they would have done more sophisticated ones with the bucks and all that stuff. And that, that apparently did not happen.
1: Right. Now, Steve, if this were a regular show, I would probably go on to the female archetypes of Ewoks and go into the design mm-hmm. of Nisa's very clearly appealing to – this you know appealing to to the madonna that we're looking for and then and then latara being the whore you know this whole i mean really they're modeling the way they look the way they're dressed it's all the semiotics of of one is domestic and then the other is just purely sexual sky
3: just called an ewok a whore (laughs) that's that is that just happened
1: yeah. I, i'm just saying i'm just saying it's out there it's very clear i'm gonna i'm gonna write a little thesis about it when we get to the ewoks so, so you guys save that save that for when you, you can really really just go off off the chain all right steve that brings us up to the kink <laughs> and i've always known that we're going to call this episode punch Him in the kink Um, because I do think kink would be a good part of the anatomy. I don't know exactly where it is, but I think if you get punched in the kink, it it would hurt. It's not going to be good. That's, it probably would hurt. Yeah, it it probably would hurt. Now, kink is the one that confuses me the most. It's a weird one. So I'm actually just going to read Ron's write-up because I don't care at this point. He can hang up. (laughs) Finally, there's kink. What's a kink? The Ewok priestess. Duh. So priestess, but it totally looks like a dude and has a mustache. This is now me talking.
3: I, you know what? Just to interrupt you, I originally had it in, in the blog post, but deleted it because I figured it was unconfirmable that the character may have originally been a male because if you look at the the sculpt, yeah. um, which presumably is the earlier version, it's got like a big mustache and it's got these hairy ears, and then the, the final design, which you can see on the model cell, is much more they got rid of like the big mustache, and all. it made it. They made the character less hairy, so I almost right. wonder if maybe it was a male character.
0: At well, then point. the the live action character was was female, right? And in, in the what yeah, caravan it was, of yeah. courage, so that was maybe they figured they
3: already had low gray,
0: and they need needed, they need a yeah.
3: I don't know, but it does definitely yeah, look hairier in the in the figure. When
2: well, we were trying to find out what the heck that came. Was I scanned through all? I mean, I was like watching it all fast forward, going through all the episodes of all the Ewoks cartoons, looking oh, for
0: something that looked like that. and looking
2: for a monster.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, come on, like the, after... the monster from the movie that
1: giant thing, right? What was that thing uh, called? Okay, or... okay. So, so first of all, what movie are we Sorry. talking about? Let's talk about *Caravan
0: of Courage*. Okay. *Caravan of Courage*. The live action. It looks like the Gorax, the the giant thing that eats the children or whatever um but just
1: an ewok form i don't know anything you're talking about i saw caravan of courage when it came out on tv and i immediately forgot
0: how how secretly i know this stuff pretty well (laughs) because i grew up like loving
1: the kank from caravan of courage at least going by
3: what wikipedia has does not really look much it looks a little bit like the one from the cartoon but not not a whole lot
1: not not much Right. That's- okay, so there's, there's a lot of great writing about trying to figure out who kank is, and you can go there. But I'm not going to put in the drop because we don't do drops in the log pod blob. But um, <laughs> what we do, we still can talk about some kind of vocabulary. So this is where it gets to kank is where it gets the most complicated thing because there's also this – it looks like a shield with little metal rods sticking out of it. And on the top of the shield, bird into the wood, it says kank. I don't know what this thing is I actually I, I, didn't, I didn't read this part of the article Because it didn't have pictures of Latara in it So I need you guys to explain Either A, write some fanfiction About me and Latara Or B, tell me what is this weird piece of wood with metal sticking out of it? Let's start with Chris.
2: <laughs> that wood. Okay.
1: <laughs> That's Wait, step A.
2: <laughs> you're such a French teacher. I mean, as far as being super non-technical. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the, uh, that piece is called a buck. So basically it's a piece of brass. It's, it's smaller than the torso of the figure. So it, what that is, they've machined that out and they can um, – They rough it out, but then they have the arm spacings between the arms, and the spacings between the arms and the legs set up by engineering, with design and engineering. Okay, here's here's what what the what the proportions are going to be, and the sculptor can sculpt around that. And then he's got the arms in the exact right spot and and positions. And then they also have the you know the joints are perfectly square or whatever angle you know the legs need to be. That's what, it, it gives them something mechanical to work around while you're sculpting in this organic wax.
0: So, you, so it's almost like, a, like, an, armature. like a, it's an armature, like at the basic start yeah. of an armature, yeah.
2: Yeah, and those pins, you know, they put pins in sort of later. They'd sculpt around it, and it would just have probably no pin in it. But the little the little pin right there would uh, – it's hard to explain – they put like a little wax, a uh, little plastic disc into, say, like the, the shoulder joint of the arm as they're working on it, and then that plastic disc would slide over that pin, and that armature is, like I said, keeps it all square and proportional, correct?
1: So it would be inside of the sculpt. It, it'd be inside. Mm-hmm. And they're inside all sculpts. Okay. If you would
2: X-ray the sculpts, the wax sculpts, you would see those. So
1: like Uncle Ron.
2: That would be
3: inside a later. That would be inside a later version of the sculpts, guys. So they would have redone kink, and that would have been in there. So that's why we refer to these as like earlier preliminary wax sculpts, because they would have been secondary, like more finished ones that had the bucks inside them if they had gone forward.
1: Okay, so, so all of these unknown, unproduced Ewoks don't have bucks in them, and that's how you know they're not super far along the line.
3: Yeah, that and the fact that like Chris mentioned they don't have parting lines, they don't have the discs and the joints, so they're, they're earlier, you know, conceptual, uh, preliminary sculpts. They probably would have been used to make later, more refined finished sculpts that had the
1: bucks and all that stuff. Wow, I've I've never seen a buck before. There are there a lot of bucks hanging? Or oh, I guess they're inside all the skulls. There's are not
2: many around. There's, there's yeah, not. I mean, they yeah. probably made extras here and there, but for the most part, they use most of them, or they reuse them, or, or machine them down and, and turn them into other figures. That was incredible. That that one turned up from another source. And with the name on it. For that unproduced with the name, character yeah. with the name on it. That's the first time I've ever seen one with the name etched hmm. into it like that's that. Cool. Or engraved there's one, into it. if you look in the, there's a link when it says Buck in the, in the
3: post, it takes you to an archive entry for another one that I have that has wax actually that, on it. Yeah, right. So there you go. For a regular figure.
1: I do want to go a little bit deeper into a couple things. Like, I think the the article is great and it's explained everything, but. Chris and Ron, were you together when you discovered these? Can you talk about discovering them at all? Can you give the sculptor a funny nickname? Is it a sculptor we've already talked to? Is there something you can talk about about finding these? Because I'm sure there's a fun story there.
3: Yeah, we were there, uh, both there. Uh, it was, I don't know if he needs a funny name, but it was one of the, the principal sculptors of the line in the vintage years. Um, you know, he, he just had them in a box with a bunch of other stuff. And at the time, it was like, oh wow, look at this! This is a, a, looks like a Latara. I mean, obviously, it was pretty surprising. The Kank, we didn't necessarily know it was an Ewok figure, but it seemed pretty likely just based mm-hmm. on the scale. But it was kind of like, well, is this like a character from Ewoks? But <laughs> I, I didn't. I never thought it was an actual Ewok.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, and mostly because it doesn't have. It, it looks like a bear or something. It doesn't really look right without the cloak cow- that it's supposed cow- to have. The cloak? Yeah, I mean, because it's not just on the head like some e-box, it goes over the whole body.
0: Right.
3: Uh, So without that, it kind of looked a little weird. Um, But once there's a drawing, it's in the post there, which came from a Lucasfilm piece that, you know, was sent out to Kenner and other licensees. Um, Once that became apparent, because it showed the cloak separate from the figure, once that Mm -hmm. Chris saw that, it was like, well, obviously this is just the figure without the cloak on it. Um, but at first, it was somewhat mysterious about what that was.
1: Can can we call the sculptor the can, the the master?
2: If you'd like, no, I don't, we we don't know who's we. He yeah, had know you know, know a lot of these sculptures. They ended up with sculpts just because they you know they when they cleaned out the the area, they just each, they took boxes home and kind of ended up with what they were was in the boxes. We we first met the guy at his place of work. He was working for a different company and he had some trilogy sculptings, and he had the Latara and the Nisa. And that was probably 15 years ago. Well, we started buying, we started meeting with him over a period of years, and then finally we were allowed to start buying stuff. And then after several trips to his house, he let us into his basement, and we were rummaging through some boxes, and that's when the Tebow and the Kink,
0: Oh, turned up to So, so they were they, they were all together. together. They were
2: in the basement. Huh. Okay, that's when we knew that. That's when we thought the kink was an ewok, but it didn't look like anything ewok because Tebow was right there. So those two were paired up. it was yeah. it was long after we had seen the original two. So it was the okay. same guy, but 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 they were in two They just happened. To, the other one just happened to be in his basement in a mm. in a in a random box. And that was, was like, oh my gosh, there's two more of these things. And nobody was really interested in Kank. I was like, man, I like this thing. It's, it's probably something. And it was a couple of years, three, several years later that that the, that, that one of the, the reference Bibles turned up the Star Wars, the Droids and Ewoks Bibles. Um, and there was that picture of Kank with the whole cloak removed. And it was like, oh my gosh, that's that's the character. But without that picture, you'd never know. I mean, you, you couldn't couldn't determine that that was a an Ewok character. Yeah. So that was a little bit, and now these things built over time, you know. And then later on, the model cells turned up, and I was like, "Oh, here's Kank." Now, because we knew Kank's name because from the because from the Ewok Bible, you know, it, it said Kank in there. And then right. later on, the model cells turned up, and then later on, the buck turned up from somebody else. So all these, what you see now in that the blog posting that Ron wrote up is a culmination of all this stuff over years put together in one spot, and then. Yeah. So we can roll it out all at one time, and it's all like this nice, neat little package. But like with any of these runs and things, these, these things build in piecemeal over time from different sources.
3: Yeah, and Tracy Hamilton was the guy who let us use the buck. Like he, you know, so thanks to him, um, that's a great item and, and brings some context to the whole thing. So, so, yeah, so, so
1: Tracy has the buck, but Chris has the sculpt.
3: Well, these yeah. things work out that way sometimes.
1: But Because I think that means that you two are the main kink focus collectors. And it's just when kink stuff comes up, I don't know who to tag on Facebook. So, I mean, I, I guess I'll yeah. say you, Chris, because I feel like I've known you longer, but Tracy's a really good guy too. So, I, I don't know. What do you do, Ron, when you come up with Kank items? Who, who do you call first?
3: Oh, jeez. I don't know. I'd like to be a member of the Kank Club myself. Uh, <laughs> Todd the Chamberlain pointed out to me that the Kank is actually a licensed thing now, like in Disney stores or something. There's, you
0: can buy a plush Kank. Oh, like. that's right. You can. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Look, so Steve like, like, "Oh kank. yeah, that's right. Yeah. I know all about that." <laughs> it's it's <laughs> silly, but I think the like the live action version of that character is in the old Star Tours like boarding video, and so it really? became this thing. Yeah, yeah. Kank is in Star Tours. Yes. Oh, my yeah. God. This just
1: gets deep. So we should have had Tommy and we should have had Jared on here. <laughs> wow. This is yeah. a punch in the kink. <laughs> I'm trying to get this off the ground. Ain't that
3: a kick in the kink?
1: <laughs> it is. <laughs> Ain't that a kick in the kink? Um wow okay well maybe i'm wrong then maybe there's more to Kank than i think i think there's a lot more yeah no, that's think... about it <laughs> <laughs> we've
0: exhausted it yeah well, well I, that's that's more accurate <laughs> uh
1: steve i think for this you should be the one who who signs off the guests really yes wow well thanks chris and Ron. um it's been good as always
3: <laughs> all right guys thanks for having us on as
0: always yeah we, uh, we'll definitely do this again i mean that, that's the thing with the blog is it's it's been tough to kind of time it with with the main episode so i think this is i hope this will work out uh, yeah, so,
3: yeah sure I mean, we will do some model kits have a, yeah, a second absolutely. model kit post eventually
1: yeah all right bye guys
2: yeah, yeah. take it easy Bye.
1: the goddamn Star Wars collector's archive and read stuff. Ah!